0: back to episode 16 of the vegan alliance podcast it's been a long time uh, in between episodes Uh, last one was in november last year in 2017 got a whole uh, a few reasons for that which we're going to explain shortly and uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about and tonight i'm joined by my beautiful wife amy Um, she's going to talk um, about everything with me tonight but in particular we're going to talk about her involvement with the live export campaign and how that's doing at the moment So welcome, Amy.
1: Thanks. Um, Yeah, our involvement, I guess. It's not just me. But yeah, just also the the lacking of motivation and some of the reasons behind that, I guess, and um, being less public with the stuff that we're doing and and why we feel less motivated and what we do to get motivated again, I guess. Um, And then, yeah, a a live export update because that's what occupies most of my time and brain. And then we're going to talk a bit about the drought.
0: The drought, which is a very controversial thing oh, at the moment. So we've, a, we've been pretty heavily involved with um, the backlash from that, which we're going to get into um, shortly, um, I guess. And,
1: and then we're going to finish. Like, it's pretty negative. Um, yeah, it's quite negative, stuff. but we'll end with something nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about... Um, I want to talk a bit about Kevin and share the story of Kevin. So he's our um, surrendered steer, who we've had for a few months now. So we'll finish talking about him and sort of how we got to... Um, I guess having him in our life
0: I just just a quick note um it may sound slightly different here it's a little bit echoey because we're actually house sitting at the moment um out in the countryside and the room's quite big with, I thought
1: you'd never been to the country you're from the city oh that's you'd right never yeah, been to no, the country. I've never
0: left I don't know anything about animals um no <laughs> so, so we've got two dogs we've got, got two dogs um Banjo here's trying to get us to throw the ball so you might hear him uh chasing the ball around drinking his water so um but it's Just nice. deal with it. Just we're, deal with we're it. We're sitting here drinking a cup of tea next to the um, fire, which we've just... Amy just uh, got the fire cracking. And uh, it's been bloody cold today. We've been up actually visiting Kevin and uh, mm. freezing our ass off. Uh, got Hayward on, didn't we?
1: Um, yeah, we did. So let's talk about first, I guess, your lack of motivation and where you found motivation recently.
0: I think, um, I think uh, probably... So last last year, basically, I, I started a new job, and um, uh, I don't really want to disclose where I work, but um, I, I started a new job, and it's um it's been really really interesting, and I've really really enjoyed it, but it's um it's actually taken up a lot of my time, and um, I haven't I wasn't able to sort of get Wait, out. Wait,
1: vegans have jobs?
0: Yeah. No, we do. Yeah, no, we do have <laughs> jobs. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we um. That kind of like was one of the things that sort of changed my focus a little bit. I mean, I'm still obviously always an advocate for animals, but I wasn't able to go out as much. So, um, I, you know, we were doing things in our own way. We were sort of spending mm-hmm. a bit of time down the port uh, monitoring live export ships and doing um, a little bit of stuff on the weekends, like helping out at sanctuaries and that kind of thing. But I wasn't out on the streets as much. Um, I also probably lacked a little bit of motivation because probably recently in the um, sort of animal rights vegan community, Mm. um, there's a lot of infighting and there's a lot of people. um, I guess that um, we don't necessarily agree with uh, the way that they're doing things. Yeah. Um, I mean, this isn't uh, this isn't the kind of platform where I really would want to talk about that or um, badmouth anyone. It's just that's just one of the contributing factors. We
1: don't want to dwell on that, but I think for both of us, like we're so um, we're not involved in it at all but it just kind of reiterates for us that um, what we're doing is is for animals and we're not ever, ever going to be involved in any of that stuff. But yeah. it's kind of hard because you, you're trying to get perhaps sometimes the same people that are, um, I guess, like fighting with each other or whatever, you're trying to still get them to support um, movements and events and, you know, all turn up to stuff. And so even from like the... The outside, you you kind of can't help but but get involved in a bit of that drama. And it's
0: difficult because you organise something, you're like, okay, so so and so can't come because this person's here, and that's going to be awkward. And And they
1: said this, and they said that. It started getting a little bit
0: tricky, didn't it? And um, we, me and Amy, aren't into drama and um but we're you know we've got our opinions and we're happy to tell people what we think and we we are open to constructive criticism and we think other people should be open to constructive criticism but unfortunately some people can be a little bit overly sensitive yeah and um don't like being criticized so um again not to name names we don't really care about it it's all water under the bridge but that was part of our motivation and and i think
1: it makes us like you know we've never been ones to be really involved in the vegan scene beyond our immediate friendship group and our immediate friendship group is super super small um and they're a you know great group of hard-working people that also see through all the shit and don't care about anything and sort of do everything besides um, yeah do everything yep.
0: unknown people and don't really yeah sort of uh, they don't post about it they don't go um, on about it
1: yeah and a lot of our best friends have moved away as well um, so it was like, I guess, about for us in the past year or so, finding a couple of new people who we could... Trusted? Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and we've
1: been burnt in the past, for sure. Definitely so.
0: been burnt in the past, and, um... So, we basically want to move forward with a good group of people. Me and Amy, um, you know, we have uh, the Vegan Alliance where we, you know, we we have a social media presence, but we try to make that as much about the animals and uh, as anonymous as possible. I mean, people Mm. know that we run it, but we don't want to make it about us.
1: I think only really people in Adelaide know that, and that's just because, you know, we do stalls and stuff. But um, apart from that, it's completely, um, pretty much anonymous. I mean, we post pictures of ourselves really super rarely. Um, Not um, that I care.
0: I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, I don't mind if if people are um, posting what they're up to and they're doing great things, but it still has to be primarily about the animals and not focused on uh, an an individual or um, Mm. um, yourself. And I think that's kind of where we differ in the way that we do things. And again, it it doesn't matter. I mean, anyone can do things the way that they want to do, but me and Amy like to do things this way, so that's why we've kind of like um, been drawn to people that want to do it in a similar fashion. So...
1: Anyway, talk about how you felt motivated all of um, a sudden. So just to clarify, I didn't really lack motivation and I got, I guess, quite frustrated at Luke sometimes because I might have like a day here or there where I felt like, you know, not doing any animal stuff, but I kind of maintained a consistent motivation and I think that's because I've got a normal 9 to 5 job and after 5 p.m., um, you know every day I just sort of naturally started that kind of second not job but like second you know interest and um, but your your schedule is different and you were adapting and so I found it at times frustrating that you weren't as motivated as me yeah but then something happened last yeah
0: night. so basically I um, and not for any reason. I just hadn't had an opportunity to get around to see Dominion. I wasn't able to go to any of the premieres. Um, at the time, I was kind of lacking a bit of motivation, so I probably wasn't overly motivated to go and see the premieres. I was always interested to see it, but I just did, hadn't um, watched it. And um, it, now that it's out and it's fully released, um, I, I bought it off of Vimeo, and, um, which was only four ninety five, which was great. Um, and because we're house sick at the moment we're actually about an hour's train ride from work so I've I spent my train ride up and back to work watching Dominion um, not the greatest thing to watch right before work it's sort of uh, it's pretty upsetting but honestly no word of a lie I actually think something changed in me from watching that I think I not
1: like you hadn't seen that stuff before and you didn't know that it happened I've seen I all of like, it before but I yeah. think
0: watching it all um uh, current footage which is all relative to me because it's pretty much all Australian footage besides a couple of things that they show from some exports to China and that kind of thing Um, something switched in me and I just thought to myself that's it I can't put up with this anymore people can't continue to keep treating animals like this this is some of the not necessarily we all know animals get their throat slit and they're murdered, mm. but it's more so the treatment of the way that the workers and some the of the lead footage up was shooting uh, um, well, treating yeah. them, kicking them in the head, calling them cunts, calling them.
1: Oh, you already dropped the c word. I sorry, was gonna, I was going. to okay, say-
0: sorry, I shouldn't. But anyway, that's the. No, word- no. I
1: was just going to say a disclaimer before I read some of the screenshots that we have. That there's a yes, lot of bad okay. language, but there's that's okay. We can. A lot say of bad that. language,
0: um, but anyway, these words were used a lot in the um, in Dominion, and it really. Um, It just made me think how horrible people are to the most uh, vulnerable, innocent beings. And the the fact
1: that there's so many justifications and, oh, this no, it doesn't happen, or I know a farmer, it doesn't happen like that, or you vegans know nothing, blah, blah, blah. Um,
0: but in conjunction with what's been going on with us and the interaction we've been having with people over the, the whole farmers, drought thing, drought. Um, it really just made me think, wow, these people actually think they care about animals. They don't give a shit about animals. They don't. They and
1: absolutely do not.
0: I truly just decide, I just decided, that's it. I'm actually going to be a little bit more upfront with people. I'm going to be a little bit more out there, not necessarily... Um, just abusing people in the street but a little bit more vocal about how i feel mm. i mean even even tonight when i ordered dinner and i saw some guy ordering th- three different types of animals i you had to tell me to calm down because i was getting worked up and i was yeah. getting mad
1: and like the thing is with you luke you used to be like that when we were first together um you were like that and you got so much shit from your friends everyone telling you oh you've gone too far luke like Oh, you're pushing people away. You're, you know, blah blah blah, extreme, whatever. And so, because of those people, you really dulled yourself down. Um, and you, and everyone was saying, I feel like you blame me for, you know, eating meat and whatever with the stuff you Mm. posted online. So you really have, I guess, neutralized the message over the past few years.
0: I mean, I tried to, I tried to make. I've always been someone I don't really like upsetting people, but I think when it comes to this. It's just one of those things that's yeah. just going to happen. Yeah. And um, uh, when it, when I first started being really vocal a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, I it took me a while to really get used to the backlash. Yeah. But I think now, um,
1: who, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. We it's... say all the time, this is an emergency. Like, we live in a state of constant emergency for animals. Like, their their life is on the line all the time, twenty four seven, every day of the year, and people don't understand. That that's what we're living in, and that's what we, and that's where all of our messaging comes from.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think um, for me, um, not, I like you said, I already knew it, but from watching Dominion last night, um, one of the big parts of Dominion, there was a couple of parts that really got me. Um, the Gassing of the pigs, watching mm. them the, uh, go be dropped down into the chamber. Think, I just thought to myself, this is it's like something out of a horror movie. This is like, a, yeah. like, how can this be an actual legal process? Also, um, the goats, the goats crying um, as they were being mm. um, like stunned before they were slaughtered. That really, really got to me, and just something switched, and I just thought to myself, no longer am I going to just sit by and accept this. I'm not going to stand out. Um, I'm not going to start fighting people, but I'm going to start being more vocal and letting people know exactly how I feel.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. Do you um, think that you're going to try and get some other people who are not vegan or haven't, you know, looked into this much to see it? Or
0: well, I think my um, one of the biggest things for me is. Um, A lot of my colleagues at work um, Mm -hmm. sort of seem to sort of sympathize and say that I really like your post about this. Um, Not necessarily vegans, but um, I would really love to um, sort of help them understand a little bit more about who I am and why I stand for these kind of things. Um, Also, um, some of our um, like friends and family who aren't Mm -hmm. yet vegan, uh, we want to help them understand why it's so vital and why we probably don't really want to sit down and dine with them while they're eating lamb chops. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, this week I went to I I was doing a marketing campaign for a friend and on the Monday night a a couple of other friends had rescued a lamb and we were out until I don't know 11 or something um, helping this lamb and then I had a 730 start at at this job the next day and I had to go there and, and get my hair and makeup done and then um like I obviously looked tired and I was yawning and I was like oh sorry I'm really tired there's like a group of four people four or so people and they kind of said to me oh how can why are you how can you be tired on it what do what were you doing on a Monday night that would possibly make you tired and I like kind of paused because usually in those kinds of situations in like a professional environment I'm like, oh, I don't want to make waves. I don't want to be that person that comes in within the first five minutes and says, I'm a vegan. Um, and, and that's what I used to be like. But now I just, I've lost all filters and I, I don't give a fuck. Like it's been like how many years? Mm. So I just said, oh yeah, I was out, um, you know, helping rescue a lamb and they're like oh what do you mean how why would you rescue a lamb why does a lamb need rescuing like all these questions and i said i just kind of said oh you know because 14 million die within the first 48 hours because we breed them in winter because people are obsessed with spring lamb and um they can't handle the environment and they get rejected by their mothers or they you know etc 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 and their faces were just like what the fuck?"
0: (laughs) because you know as soon as like like you mentioned the word vegan, or if you're at a restaurant and yeah. say, hey, what have you got vegan? You can tell there's people looking at you like, well, oh, they're those people. Yeah,
1: well, I didn't say the V word, but I just sort of left it at that. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, I rescued a kitten once. And, you know, it was all fine. But then the next day, I had to meet them again. And the guy said to me, um, "So, nice, like, 50-year-old dad, says to me... Um, I thought about what you said yesterday and I spoke about it with my wife. Um, he said, we looked into it. I know it's true. We spoke about it all night. And he said, I want to know everything. It's like I've been lied to. And he said, I just can't believe it.
0: That's a that's what he said there is like a perfect, yeah. like um, the perfect thing for someone to say who is probably going to transition because they've just never thought about it this way before I
1: I know and I said to him look I, I know how you feel and he's like I feel stupid like I can't believe I didn't know this and I said no I know how you feel like we were all like that at one stage Um, And then he was asking me, because we were kind of, we were filming like a TV ad. And so we're sitting there and there was some stuff on the table and they're like, oh, sorry, none of it's vegan. I was like, that's okay, whatever. And then, and then they poured some like wine and stuff. And he's like, so is wine vegan? What's in wine? Like, how do they process the wine? And then I told him about that. Um, And then he's like, can you write down for me, like all the organizations that you follow or, you know, where you get all your information from? You've got him. I reckon. I
0: reckon you have yeah. got him. Which is, <laughs> but a- and
1: all it was was like one comment that I made that I would usually keep to myself because I think, no, Amy, don't you know, don't show these people that you're a weirdo in the first five minutes.
0: But I think <laughs> I think there's a there's a different there's different ways to do it. I mean, just yeah. because I'm angry, I'm not going to go and abuse everyone I see just because I've got a steak on their plate. But for instance, people on our a prime example of people that are, get onto our Facebook and they know all the facts and they constantly continue to tell us all these horrible things about we should kill ourselves and you're a yeah. bunch of wankers and all this kind of stuff. That's when I start getting mad because I'm like, you know, all the facts, you're just choosing to ignore them. And now you're abusing me. That's, that's going to make me mad. But someone who's um, you've never met before is first time you're talking about it with them. Absolutely. Cool. Be civil, be um, uh, talk, democratically try and understand where they're coming from and empathize and then start to let them know the facts yeah okay so um i guess that's the that's the turning point i've so you're motivated you're ready i'm motivated i said to amy it's saturday night we're house sitting got nothing else to do we have no life
1: we have no life no friends let's do a podcast let's do a podcast
0: (laughs) and just talk because we've been talking all day about all this stuff so we thought let's just record it because Mm. we, we we need to do a podcast so this is it so Firstly, I reckon we should talk about uh, the Live Export campaign, um, yeah. uh, how that kind of went, um, maybe some of the backlash she received, mm-hmm. uh, How whether it's been successful or not. Yep. Um, so yeah, I might sort of hand over to you and you yep. sort of let us know how it's been going.
1: Yeah, so obviously we are both involved with Adelaide Against Live Export, which is a really, really small grassroots organisation started by a um, lady and her daughter. And so Luke and I started probably have spoken about this before but anyway in case um, people don't know we started just in a monitoring role because we live near Port Adelaide so we would out of interest
0: we'd just go down the port
1: um, and monitor the the ships and and the animal loading and and the treatment and you know I
0: thought we were kind of weirdos when we first got there yeah probably I mean wouldn't
1: you if you met us (laughs) (laughs) Um, so like rain hail or shine these ladies were there and and we were just doing our best to help take some of the load off Um, anyway and then we got a Um, I guess a bit more involved and since then since it was six since the 60 Minutes campaign um, I mean Expose and Animals Australia campaign in April I think it was um, things have just gone absolutely mental Um, Instead of you know us as a group trying to contact media and politicians and get them to notice us, it's the other way around. And so it was for a while, seriously, a full time second job that we all had. Um, Because you
0: were advocating, like, and actually doing campaigns every weekend for a a, a while. Yeah,
1: as well as the monitoring still. So I think taking
0: time off your actual job to go to meet people at Parliament House.
1: Yeah, and so I think after sixty minutes, we had two more ships out of Port Adelaide. One was the Bader, I remember that for sure, because they took um, sheep and they took cattle and then they arrived in Israel um, in like plus 40 degree temperatures and that was just absolutely disgusting. So, But um, no more ships have come because of either voluntary, voluntary or government suspension of the exporter's licence. So um, we have been, I guess, changing our tactics because we can't monitor Um, because there's no ships. Um, We've just been um, advocating, advocating, I guess, for the ban. And that has um, seen us, I guess, establish a really good group of supporters, a really good group of local supporters as well as online. So we've been in Rundle Mall in the lead-up to the Mayo by-election. We were there every week. Mayo's the area. Oh, sorry, yeah, Mayo is... um, an election area so we were in Rundle Mall I guess handing out flyers and stuff and then we moved to Mount Barker so we did about three or four weeks in Mount Barker and the response from people was absolutely amazing I, I think we got probably 80 to 85 percent support um, and we spoke to a lot of people that didn't understand um, the ins and outs of the issue, I guess, and, and who, what politicians support it and what, and what politicians are against it. Um, but it was just really interesting to see the, the, the majority of the backlash or the majority of the misunderstanding at times was coming from vegans. And, and for me, that was really interesting because because live export is one of the things, well, probably the main thing that stopped me from eating meat when I was 12 years old because I lived near Port Adelaide and at that time, the um, trucks had to go right near um, our house. And so I would say to my mum, what's happening there? And she'd tell me. And so, and that's one of the things that turned me off of meat. And if it wasn't for that, I may not be where I am today. Um, so just to hear the stuff from people who have been vegan for not very long in a lot of circumstances was really, really... um, It wasn't disheartening because I don't care. Anyone can say anything about me personally. I really don't care. It was annoying in that they were trying to affect the movement and these people were trying to encourage others to not support a ban on live export. That just made no sense to me because our strategy was so wide. Our strategy was about... Um, knocking out this industry so that other industry, uh, other animal agriculture industries fail—it's a no-brainer. We take out the sheep, we take out the the cattle; it all collapses. And this is just like one important uh, one. It's not really an important and, pillar e- economically.
0: And not to mention that um, because of the traction the ban live export campaign has and the um, the uh, sort of awarenesses yep. um, it's it's got by uh, the mainstream. Yeah. It's the best starting point Absolutely. to really bring down the industry. Absolutely. Uh, so and even though you want to start by getting rid of the whole industry, yep. it's not realistic.
1: I know, like if some if one of these people who was criticizing, you know, with no no foresight came to me and said, Oh, actually here's a plan, Amy, where you could turn the world vegan overnight. Of course, I'm going to choose that plant, yeah, but sure. it doesn't exist.
0: And, yeah, <laughs> this, up- is, this was the most logical starting point.
1: Yeah, and and the other thing is, this issue, just like you know, puppy farms and and starving dogs and all of that stuff, this is a a stepping stone and an issue that gets animal liberation into everyday people's minds and everyday people's homes. This is a segue into them choosing a plant. You know, plant-based Already life.
0: Already, people that you um, have met through just coming to live export rallies have actually gone yeah. from meat eater to vegetarian to vegan. Yep. Just because.
1: So many, so many. Our rallies
0: surrounded by the exactly, people that are like-minded. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Our rallies grew and grew and grew. You know, to the point where we had probably a thousand at at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has turned countless people vegetarian and vegan. Um, and I just think. <laughs> It's a no-brainer. It, I just, yeah, I it's was It's funny I though because shocked.
0: just I... on the, sorry to cut you off, um, just on the single issue um, kind of uh, mm. thing, you know, it's always a thing within the vegan community. It's like, if you're an abolitionist, you don't support single issue campaigns. But the this funny thing this is- This
1: isn't a single issue campaign.
0: Me and Amy are abolitionists. We believe in the abolition of the animal agriculture industry. And all, but yeah. I think that you could be an abolitionist and still support single-issue campaigns, which a lot of people don't because by supporting them, you you, you see a lot of stuff. Yeah, like Francione, for instance, right? Oh, yeah. I actually quite like a lot of his stuff. But he always says stuff that by supporting it, you're basically saying that it's okay to create better sort of welfare standards and you're not really advocating for the abolition of it. Yeah,
1: nothing in the ban live export campaign is about welfare. No. It's It's, it's about stop breeding, stop killing.
0: And if people actually knew the people that were involved in these kind of campaigns, they're vegans who actually have a goal for a vegan future. We're smart.
1: We are smart.
0: But it's the smart way to... Do this. Mm. If we're going to do it logically, we need stepping stones.
1: I know. I think. I think. Um, this is
0: why I think it works.
1: Yeah. So I had I had Facebook for like say six weeks, um, or, or six or eight weeks during the campaign because I admin the. Sorry,
0: that noise is just banjo. He's uh, <laughs> he's begging for me to throw his ball, so I'm just I, doing it every now and then.
1: Um. Oh I, I had to admin the Ale page and I used to always do that through Luke's Facebook page. Uh, yeah, it was just getting too busy, so I had I had to start my own. And then I got <clears throat> added to a couple of vegan groups. I didn't I didn't realise that you could be added, you know, and you didn't have to accept and you just automatically got added. And so I found myself in this group that I won't mention. And these people were talking about quoting that Gary Bloke asking you know me and luke have we heard of him and we're like yes mate like we luke's been vegan for 20 plus years and we just kind of made a comment like
0: i've quoted him before in the podcast <laughs> I've, i listen listened to his podcast yeah, i watch no, all his videos nobody
1: knows who we are though so um but my point is like it is not relevant in some situations to quote these vegan um you know self-proclaimed figures or or legitimate figures it is not relevant in every case to quote somebody who hasn't been there on the ground doing the work with the animals and and I think that's at that point I just said no fuck that I'm out and I deleted my Facebook because I thought how dare you quote this bloke who's mate who said something about live export to me who's been there with this group of people for years on the ground
0: mm. uh, and seen the effectiveness uh, yeah. of it and and, and like
1: you ca- you come to port adelaide on any summer's day in in 40 degrees watch the bleeding animals get loaded and then tell me you don't want to be part of the ban live export campaign
0: absolutely. like come
1: and see it for yourself stop quoting people on the internet who don't know anything about the situation
0: it's interesting because um, we actually um, had a chat to some of these people that were opposing it and
1: they just couldn't get it
0: well actually a couple of them did get it and actually sort of retracted their statements which we thought was awesome I
1: was talking about this online group specifically. yeah so but... some
0: people uh, retracted their statements actually under once we had a chance to explain exactly what we've just said uh, Yep. in the last 10 minutes, I think they understood they more it. and they were like, oh, okay, that actually makes yeah. sense.
1: And, and I just felt like, don't don't put words in my mouth. Like I went, so the, the leader of the Labor Party, so the opposition leader for South Australia, invited us to Parliament House. Um, Labor was about to announce their plan um, for a state-based committee into uh, researching the viability of a ban on the live sheep trade. So I said, of course I said, yes, I'm going to go and meet with you. Um, And I went to Parliament House and I said to them, this isn't good enough. Uh, People don't want a ban on the live sheep trade. They want a ban on all live animal exports. Mm. And then I said, you will not get the support from the wider, I guess, animal rights and vegan community if you're talking about sheep only. And you also won't get the same level of support if you're talking about a five-year phase out. They said, fine, we understand that. And I said, they basically asked for AL, Adelaide Against Live Exports, endorsement on their announcement and could we share it, you know, the next day when it was announced? And I said, yes, we can. And I support you with this hand. However, with my other hand, I'm fighting for total animal liberation and I want to take the animal agriculture industry down altogether because that's what I stand for, and that's what AIL stands for. And they said, that's fine, we understand, change doesn't happen overnight, blah, blah, blah. That's how every conversation we have with decision-makers goes. But people, don't, people just make assumptions.
0: That's right, people just make assumptions and uh, kind of think that maybe we don't have a plan, but we've always got a plan. I kind of think, why would, why would we do why anything would we without bother? a plan? Yeah, like it, we, we, yeah, you've always got to have a plan, and like we try and think ahead before we actually do stuff. Um, otherwise, what's the point in doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, with this in mind, it's been it's been quite successful. Obviously, it's gained a lot of traction. Yeah. Um, and uh, sort of, so we'll, we'll just have to see where it's where. It, heads from here yeah it's been a little bit quiet at the moment but things have slowed down there's not many ships in the port um i guess uh well
1: not in our port there's there's ships in other ports all the time um still going to indonesia and stuff from the top end but um i think we'll have a ship in a couple of months maybe i don't know for sure um but what we will be planning now i will be really towards the federal election. Mm -hmm. So we want to support people to be able to choose a vote that um, will result in the best outcome for the animals. And I do believe that live export is going to be a massive, massive election issue. I can't see... Well, actually, no, the drought drought now. But, yeah, I can't...
0: Just before you go any further, how has the media kind of responded to... The um, kind of okay live export thing's gone a bit quiet with a few people being suspended, not able yeah, to, yeah. to actually export animals. Yep. How has the media and the farmers responded to this? Like, what's 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 been in the media? Because there's been some stuff, right?
1: Oh, just basically, as you as you would expect. Like, there's sixty thousand stranded sheep in WA, and there's farmers that can't export their animals and they can't um, feed
0: their families and the usual stuff
1: yeah just the usual stuff nothing major because we don't actually like it is not an economically um, important industry so it's thank goodness being pushed to the side a little bit at the moment by a shittier issue but um
0: which is probably a good segue into that issue um (laughs) I guess, uh, yeah, great work on all the live export stuff, but I guess maybe we can start talking a little bit more now about a current issue that's going on, which is the the, dr- the drought in New South Wales and well, how we've kind of been involved in that discussion um, and how, I guess the...
1: Well, it's the, yeah, the drought's in multiple states, but the New South Wales one that we posted about seemed to be yes, the biggest... Yes, so basically
0: we... Po- Okay, so to start it off, we basically posted something you may
1: have seen. a few
0: days ago um, that basically said the New South Wales government announces an extra $500 million in drought assistance for struggling farmers, which means most farmers are going to get about $12,000, which is it's not a lot for farmers, but it's still, it's, it's a it subsidy. Is,
1: it is when you're earning $10 million a year.
0: It is. It's a subsidy, which is basically going to, uh, they're basically putting money into an industry that um, is not sustainable, it's never going to be sustainable, perpetuates suffering of animals. and uh, degrades
1: the environment further and further and we just do not have enough resources to support it.
0: Time and time again. They've known for the last 10 years that this is being uh, a problem. Mm. Uh, No one's tried to ever transition them. Rather than putting the money into actually helping farmers move to... um, other based, forms of yeah. farming. They've, yeah. they've just stuck with the same business model. You just can't keep doing the same thing over and over again.
1: It's a no-brainer really to people um, who can who can see it from the outside and who can see the other options there, but they are untouchable. And if you if you speak out about farmers on a good day when there is rain, you're going to cop back backlash. But if you're doing it during a drought, you're, you're just asking to be shot, basically. Absolutely.
0: And it's hard because... Everybody gets on board with the farmers. Every news station has interviews with farmers. And the all ComBank
1: it. app. You can't even bloody bank without you, being
0: you told about the farmers. You, you go and try and do your banking and there's a thing the about farmers. supporting the farmers. Coles and Woolworths have announced that every dollar you spend for the next 10 days or whatever it was is going towards the farmers. So me and Amy are like, well, we can't go shopping for 10 days yeah, now because we'll we don't start. want our money to go towards I that. I don't
1: think it was 10 days. And
0: a lot it. of people, okay, so basically yeah. we put out a post. Should I read the post?
1: No, don't read it. Okay, so Too basically, long. if you
0: want to read the post, it's a pretty long post. We put out a Just post and then, we, then we, we basically had to go back and then clarify because we got accused of basically condoning farmers committing suicide because there's Wait, been a yeah. few instances where farmers committed suicide because they are struggling and we don't condone that. But because we oppose the funding, of the, uh, funding for these farmers we got accused of condoning suicide and then of every, and then
1: everybody thought we were really dumb because they're like oh my god who do you think grows your vegetables it was a post about animal agriculture so we had to clarify <laughs> that
0: for all these stupid people out there i guess um and uh you can, you can read it it's on there um it's from um what just says four days ago anyway you'll find it um so basically, um, some, some of the arguments that we've had are your usual sort of trolling arguments oh, for people it, just it, posting it, pictures of meat and trying to upset us.
1: Yeah, it's even worse than that. Like I can't, you know, there's no, there's no stupid comment that you haven't heard. But this just got, got like... Got stupider. Oh, and the, the direct messages as well. So many direct
0: <laughs> messages. And it was really interesting because... A lot of I them actually, were young girls. Yeah, I actually think a lot of the messages were more young girls they saying... they were
1: like farmer kids.
0: Some, some being quite abusive. Some saying trying to take the kind of passive approach to try yeah, and go, right. oh, but don't you understand that like...
1: Animals um, are suffering.
0: Animals are suffering, and the farmers are suffering. Are suffering, and why wouldn't you want to help someone suffering? The
1: animals, and then no. us
0: trying to explain it to them, and then them abusing us.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there it,
0: was no good outcome. There was no good outcome, and um, obviously, uh, you know, it's a touchy uh, situation because there's there's always these things in life that like everyone loves to get behind. So. There's certain kind of charities in that that like they do they have an event at every like the RSPCA everybody supports the RSPCA and the the, the um,
1: not bloody a million me
0: million paws walk or whatever <laughs> it is and it's okay to support that but then if you're out there advocating for farm animals you're some sort of freak extremist yeah so the this drought is the, same thing. the drought yeah. is one of those things um whenever the farmers are struggling everybody's going to support them. And if yep. you dare oppose them, whoa, you're in trouble.
1: Oh, I loved all the comments as well that were like, who do you think supplied you with your leather shoes? It's like... <laughs>
0: um, we don't wear what? them, we're vegans. What?
1: Um, so I'm going to read, in between Luke commenting, I'm going to read hilarious just vegan hate comments before
0: you read the comments basically we you know we post things all the time and we might sort of get a reach of maybe 500 to a thousand people reach
1: It's got 40,000 It's got
0: 40,000 plus it got nearly 2,000 comments and i guess Heaps it was just shares. because one farmer or some idiot posts on it and, and they, kept tagging, said, they kept tagging their friends it then was it went, brilliant Out of control. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, I guess maybe Amy, you can read a couple of the comments just so you can get an idea of what we've been dealing with.
1: Also, um, the language is terrible and I don't condone any of this language or the words that they use, but I'm just going to read them. Um,
0: Let's not name the people though. (laughs) Let's just, let's just. um...
1: Uh, Paul. No, okay. Uh, (laughs) Okay. The vegan alliance is the biggest joke. No one listen to the shit they dribble. It must be a cunt walking around with the bucket strapped under his chin, catching all the shit that comes out your mouth.
0: Well, that's a nasty one. Oh, that's horrible. That's really
1: horrible. Um... Yeah, so we had a few people helping us. Why am I seeing this shit from you fucking retards on my page? There are women who have actually been raped and murdered in this world. Go fuck yourself. Stop trying to push veganism down my newsfeed.
0: Just on that, um, a lot of people say stop pushing. Stop. Vegans, are, <laughs> yeah. vegans are extreme. Stop pushing your beliefs your, on us.
1: You found our page. <laughs>
0: Firstly, it's not a belief. Secondly... We get stuff, like I've said before a million times, we get stuff pushed down our throat all the time. Mm. Thirdly, you read our page, we're the ones getting abused. I <laughs> no.
1: Quick question. Do you dumb cunts actually believe any of the shit you talk or does your superiority bubble keep you oblivious, oh, big word, to the fact you are in fact morons achieving nothing?
0: Not achieving anything. Nothing has ever come of people advocating for animals. Never. Actually, I I Never. think in the last couple of years veganism has boomed.
1: Yeah, mate.
0: And That's why you're all going out of cheap, business?
1: Nothing. Uh, Richard Cheese. I will I will name him because he um, wins the award for biggest piece of shit. Told us to kill ourselves.
0: Yet we're the ones supposedly condoning. Farmer's killing themselves. Yep. We've never said that, but we get told to kill ourselves. That's then, okay. You then, can tell a vegan to kill um,
1: themselves. Tisha McFries posted a picture of a rabbit they have just skinned and said, oh, vegans, fuck off. Where do you think your food comes from that ground-grown shit? And remember, like, no grammar. Remember, it's not only the cattle and sheep and shit struggling, it's pets and farmers themselves. Also, stop being so so selfish and grow up. They've always been bred for us normal humans to eat. You know, farmers might care about the money, but that's what keeps them going like any other human. Without that, they have nothing at all. But your veggie brains wouldn't understand that sort of stuff. Put yourselves in their shoes, dumb cunts. This is how we make a living. Or they're all the fucking same vegans. Fuck me, you vegans are the dumbest cunts. Use, use, hurt my brain.
0: I reckon that's enough. That's like it's
1: nah. I want, there's some
0: really look. Good there's ones. there's a lot of golden ones in there that I guess uh, we yeah, nearly I, we nearly laugh at it. But I've got to say, as funny as funny as some of it is, um, and we can take it on the chin because we're used oh, to wait. it.
1: Oh, wait, just let me read this one. This one's good. Are you fucking kidding? Wow. If our government looked after its own, there probably wouldn't be much issue. Australia doesn't need imports. We make our own. It's our government and people like you who are the ones fucking it up. Suppose you follow Islam too. Cocksmoker. And mm. that was from a female.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So um... uh, we...
1: We follow Islam.
0: Yeah, so there's a, it's a, they've got a problem with us um, supporting Muslims. Um,
1: oh God! And then how so, does that even
0: come into it? I mean, I mean, obviously we don't have a problem with Islam, but like, <laughs> obviously they're a racist piece of shit as well. Oh,
1: so many! All of the comments were racist, ableist, um, sexist—like just everything that you could possibly imagine that would come from a right-wing redneck um, did.
0: But what I was saying, um, um. Based on the fact that these comments come through, we have a bit of a laugh about them. It's some, worrying. Sometimes.
1: you share the planet?
0: With sometimes them. it upsets me. And really? Some, yeah, sometimes it upsets me because oh, I find it. On the bigger scale. I find it stressful that you're basically trying to defend yourself all the time. Not that we're replying to every comment, but to as you're defending yourself all the time. My, in my brain, I'm always thinking to myself, "This is fucking tiring," and I can't believe these people think like this. Like, yeah, I and it. Uh, I think me being me who likes things to be kind of perfect is Mm. that, I want these people to change but because i, know, I can't change I them it frustrates me
1: i know and you feel like if you're not responding to each one of them you're kind of missing the opportunity it's an injustice, yeah, yeah to do the animals um a service but i to, to me like i don't get personally affected by it at all they're just words but i feel like on the biggest scale it kind of gets me down because you think shit i share the planet with these people they're walking around they should be. They should identify themselves so you can know who they are, like you know, in the street so you can um, avoid them or talk to them. I don't know. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's just biz- weird. It,
0: it's bizarre that like people like us can think one way and think yeah. compassionately, compassionately and morally, and these other people. It's like if they if they act like this about this kind of stuff, what else do they do? I that's know. Fun? I like, know. I mean. They must be some fucked up people.
1: <laughs> that, and it goes back to my theory that I have that there's more than one species of human.
0: Amy's got a really good theory.
1: This is, this is one of the theories. This I'm is not the trolley? Talking, I'm not talking about the trolley one. Oh, the this trolley is one. My... Well, if
0: you ever want to know about Amy's trolley theory <laughs> about putting your trolleys away, people who don't put their <laughs> trolleys away, just ask us. That's, it actually gets quite scientific.
1: <laughs> but um, this is a theory that... Uh, I can't prove it scientifically, but there has to be something that separates us from them as a species. Like, they're mm. not the same. They're not.
0: They're not. And it's, it's... And I just
1: wish they wouldn't breed.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't want... Why would you want these kind of people <laughs> to breed? They sound like absolutely horrible human beings. Mm. I don't want nothing to do with and,
1: it. and you think, like, this is how they're talking. I know it's just the internet and they're not saying it to your face and whatever, but, you know, the ones that post pictures of animals they've killed and whatever... It just also proves to me that they do treat animals like shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they try and say, oh, farmers love their animals, etc., etc. all the stuff we've heard before. But surely these kinds of psychopaths that write this kind of thing are also treating their animals like how you see in Dominion, like absolute shit.
0: I truly, like, a lot of people say about the stuff that you see in things like Dominion and Earth things, where people are like kicking and punching animals um, – Oh, they're isolated incidents. They're this, they're that, they're other. That's absolute bullshit because the amount of footage that you see and different footage that you see of people actually doing that. I
1: don't... I mean,
0: it doesn't matter whether it's for meat or dairy.
1: Or or, or entertainment or whatever. I mean,
0: in Dominion, they've got one whole section on sheep shearing and there's people beating the shit out of the sheep just because oh. they're frustrated because they can't get their job done.
1: All you have to do, and if anyone listening, you know, um, isn't a vegan and isn't sure if um, they believe what they see or they hear, go to a rodeo or go to go to a sale yard. You know, they they're. Mm. they're 40 minutes out of Adelaide CBD. Anyone can go to them. Go to a sale yard and just look at how they treat the animals. Look at how scared the animals are. How they push
0: them around. Watch
1: them all pissing and shitting themselves in fear. Watch them eating dirt because they're starving and they've got nothing to eat. Watch them giving birth. Like, it is absolutely shocking. Go and see it for yourself. I
0: think rodeos are probably the worst slash best example for people to see because
1: about animals in entertainment and how
0: cruel it is because not only are they jumping off of horses and wrestling a baby um calf to the ground and Mm. then tying them up and Mm. twisting their necks around Mm. but um it's when we've the few times that we've been to rodeos and we've um actually um stood around the back near the pens um obviously we go to rodeos um not because we want to, because we're actually there to try and document what the hell's going on there.
1: We we wear a flanny.
0: We uh, try and look like cowboys, best we can, (laughs) put on a bit of an accent. Um, uh, When you actually see them moving the animals around, the things that they do, like the beating of them, the twisting of the tails. the electric prod. The electric prods, the grabbing of the testicles. they,
1: They think no one's watching, or they think it makes them look tough. Like, you're... You know, a grown man beating up an animal. You're beating who's up petrified. an animal who's in a
0: cage, who's restrained by ten men. Yeah. If you had a one on one with that animal, you'd and he had die. his horn still, you'd be dead. You're got, dead. You, got you got no chance. De- against de- de- you Dead. You have no chance against yeah. those animals. But because you're, you've you've got. Contraptions and weapons and all sorts of things and, and you think you're tough and you're better than a stupid
1: hat and like weird shit hanging absolutely
0: ridiculous so yeah if you've ever got the uh, opportunity to go to a rodeo don't pay to get in they're easy to sneak into because the they've barely fence. got fences so just uh, yeah um, enlighten yourself
1: do it, yeah. I very, very. The Maribel Rodeo was wonderful.
0: Maribel, yeah. There's always ones at Maribel. I mean, Kapunda. obviously, don't go to the one at the Entertainment Centre because you'll never K- sneak into K- that K- one. Cadina. Um, there will be another protest for that um, later on this year because mm-hmm. there isn't that one is coming back. We haven't organised it yet, but it will be happening.
1: That's PBR, Pro Bowl Riding, Pro or ball riding. Pretty Bloody Redneck, as we like to call it.
0: Yes. So um, <laughs> anyway, that's kind of what we're. That's kind of what we're. Um, we've been dealing with uh with this whole drought thing um and yeah we're not afraid to speak up about it we're not overly bothered by these comments but it's really disturbing to see the types of comments that have come through don't so,
1: be afraid to speak out against the drought
0: don't be afraid to speak out against anything if anything bothers you just say it don't be afraid of the backlash a lot of people i actually meet a lot of vegans who um maybe aren't sort of active they're not activists. But they will um, say, "Oh, I don't like to say stuff because I don't really want to upset people." But I think, like, if you're every passionate time you about say that,
1: like, ten thousand animals die. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And if you were passionate against um, saving uh, the dogs in Lynn, you'd speak out against that. Because yeah, but everyone would get on board. Everybody they? would get on board with it. But this is this is one of those kind of taboo things. But well, we don't think it's taboo. But it's a, it's a, it's in society. It's a taboo thing to speak out about people's food choices. Um, but
1: Someone's
0: done a poo inside. Uh-oh. Got <laughs> a small poo on the floor. That was banjo, Teddy. Anyway, that's okay. We'll clean it up later. Um, yeah, just don't be afraid to speak out against things that are bothering you because uh, I think after last night, I've just... Um, the fire has been fueled, and I'm ready to speak out again. So that's kind of all the sort of awful stuff that's yeah. been going on with us. Um, and, Let's uh, talk we- about we've, Kevin. We've got a few... Um, we've got a great story actually Um, Mm. we've rescued a couple of animals um, recently Uh, or helped rescue a couple of animals but we've got one in particular who's called Kevin Um, and uh, I guess it all started when we were were out kind of helping we're actually this is an interesting one because there's a big wind farm that's basically going to go through a whole bunch of farms up north in South Australia I think it's
1: called I think Twin Creek it's um, just out of Kapunda?
0: Yeah, it's about an hour or so sort of north of Adelaide. And there was a heap of people. So some of the farmers are all for the wind farm going through and some of the farmers just don't want it. So well, they were well taking... The... Some of the farmers, not that they necessarily care about animals, but they were taking the angle that there's all these native wombats that live there. And,
1: and um, a pygmy blue tongue And there. they
0: wanted some help gaining um, uh, some sort of uh, documentation of the fact that wombats live there and yep. we shouldn't be um, putting all these massive big structures <laughs> through their habitats. So... I might get you to tell the story about why we were up there helping yeah. them with that. We we're actually kind of we we're working in conjunction with farmers. So it was a bit weird, mm. but um, it was for the cause of uh, yeah. animals, I guess. But let, let's talk about how we found Kevin.
1: Yep. So pretty much, um, the property that the turbines will be on. Um, obviously, that person is going to get paid a lot of money, so he agrees with it. Um, but the rest of the farmers in the surrounding areas, it's it's more of an um, environmental issue for them not not um natural environment but physical environment so wind farms um are, are really divisive because they they seem like they're a source of renewable energy obviously they are but for people living around them they claim that they um make a constant sound that can kind of like drive them a bit insane and that they um cause vibrations and and things like that and then obviously they don't um, match or fit in with the landscape and um, potentially um, decrease the value of their property. And as I'm well, sure people so. would be
0: all for it if it was in a place where it wasn't going to like yeah. sort of interrupt people yeah. because renewable energy is great. And but.
1: so yeah, and so whether you know you agree or understand that aspect of it or, or not, um, we were definitely coming at it from the physic um, natural environment perspective, which is that the development application. Um, uh, neglected to mention the amount of wombats in the area and it's clear from the work that the wombat organized a wombat awareness organization did that it's a huge wombat habitat it's it's massive so luke put put the drone up and it was so clear that there was massive warrens there that um wayo said would would house hundreds of wombats and to put these turbines in they need to um Drill down, and I think you use, use dynamite or some kind of explosive to, because um, it's rock to, um, what's the word? Break, you know, like, break it. Break it apart.
0: Break it apart. Sorry. There are a few words.
1: <laughs> break it apart. Um, so obviously, that's going to either kill wombats or kill their habitat, and, and you know, uh, have a have a really adverse effect on their whole ecosystem. Um, so, anyway, we were just there to help with that, um, with with the drone, and wh- we got access to the property from this really kind um, farmer, and he... It's
0: actually a chickpea farmer, well, but there's yeah. a twist.
1: <laughs> there's a twist. So, he's a, he is great, and there's he's chickpea and um, other grain, and he said, um, I was down in the paddock looking for lambs, and he said, oh, yeah, they're my sheep, you know, you can come back... To the house, we've got a pet lamb and a steer. And so a steer is a non-castrated uh, male cow. So like if you've got... It's a
0: bull that's been castrated. Yeah. Yep.
1: Gotcha. Um, so anyway, we went back to his house. He was really, really nice. Um, and he had a few animals that he kept more than I thought from the initial conversation. Um, and he said, I'm in a real predicament. And I said, what's that? and he said um the meat truck is coming tomorrow to take all of the brahmins to geelong and i said oh okay um why are they going to geelong and he sort of explained that in south australia there's not much of an appetite for brahmin meat because once um, a butcher sees the hump uh, they consumers don't like it basically and so they'll only sell it for mince and he he only gets five dollars a kilo, whereas if he sends them to um, Geelong, he gets five dollars forty. And I kind of said, "Oh, okay. So why do you have them?" And he said, "I just wanted to try them. I brought brought them down from the Northern Territory, which is where a lot of them are, because we send them to Indonesia." Um, and I and his name's Kevin, and he he was he's like a dog. Kevin's like a dog. He's a giant dog. I mean, cows are just giant dogs anyway, but Kevin is like...
0: There's something special like, there. Not that all the... All animals are all special, the, All the animals there weren't special. Um, he, he was basically hand-raised, We so basically so had the opportunity where we could yeah. take Kevin.
1: He said, I don't want to send him, and so... Uh, I it was his
0: wife who wanted to send
1: Yeah. Him. So I wasn't planning on taking on a steer that day. And I was, me and um, my friends who I was with and Luke were trying to just convince him to just keep Kevin. And the wife was like, no, no way. We can get a thousand bucks for him. No way. Like she was staunch. She was not having a bar of it. And I kind of said, oh, like, you know, you've got your dogs. He's just the same. And it was clear that we were not getting anywhere you know, and, and time time was of the essence as well. And so But
0: within a few hours you'd basically organise a place for it was him on. to go. Yep. We'd uh raise some funds so we could actually um
1: Transport, uh,
0: transport him, pay for worm. some food, yep. um, get him settled in to the to the new spot. Yep. Um, overnight, I think in twenty four hours we raised enough funds to get all it that was, done. It was and
1: amazing and it was a and, quick turnaround. And you know, it it was um, just the right place at the right time I think and um it's kind of I don't know it's a big I feel it is a big responsibility for us and it it was stressful so he kept Kevin so so he actually contacted us when we left and said you have to take Kevin I can't send him on the truck we were driving stop
0: contacting us about Kevin since no he hasn't we we
1: were driving away thinking okay how are we going to get Kevin can we make this happen blah 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 and I said to um my friend, oh, can you please call him? Like, we have to make sure Kevin doesn't die. And she said, he's already called me and said, you have to take him. (laughs) Um, So Luke and I don't have a property. So we pay for Kevin to adjust with other rescue horses and steers. Um, But yeah, it was actually kind of, so from where we picked him up to where we drove him, because we had to go slow because he's 400 kilos, was... I don't know if it took three hours or more, but... um,
0: It's only about an hour and a half drive. Yeah,
1: but but we had him... We got him a brand new horse float. Like, you might have seen um, animals being transported just in, in trailers with sides, like cage trailers. I didn't want that for Kevin. I wanted him... We wanted him to be in like a nice enclosed space. Well, like, as we
0: saw today, uh, some someone yeah. tra- uh, like a, there was a cow being transported in one of those big open yeah. cages, falling over Petrified, everywhere.
1: Petrified, falling over. Um, so he, was so comfortable. he had a comfortable float, but it was honestly the most disgusting feeling the entire time we were transporting him. I, my, like the feeling in my stomach. the in the pit of my stomach, I just felt the whole time like I was doing something wrong.
0: It's like because he didn't really know. He what didn't was know what was
1: going on. He he yeah. And then by the time we got to where he was going, it was dark, and we kind of opened it, and he just ran away, and I like stressed about it for a long long time. It felt really really wrong. Um, but obviously now it's 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 great. I and... think he
0: realizes now <laughs> that he's pretty damn lucky. I mean, we were there today, so we go up there pretty much every single week now. Yeah. Um, to where he's adjusting. And um, he's got a few other friends there. Some of the other rescues, a whole bunch of horses that are there as well, which, um, you know, obviously try and steal his food and stuff. But um, he literally, like, most times when we... um, We can't always drive down the paddock because it's wet. But sometimes when we... we, We'll we'll walk over the hill and we'll see him and we'll be like... Kevin! We'll be yelling, Kevin, (laughs) Kevin! And then we'll yell the other cow's names, Rupert and Casper. He just
1: runs.
0: It's like... He'll, he might be munching on some grass and he'll turn his head and see us. And it could be 500 metres away, like right over the other side of the paddock across the creek. And he'll look and he'll be like, oh my God, they're here and like run straight towards us. It, it's
1: and it's he's, so cute. He's so gentle and it's like 400 kilos running at you. It's quite loud. But he, he is just so gentle. He's such a gorgeous boy. Um, so he's about 16 months old now. The farmer was a bit unclear on how old he was and then he kind of yeah had to double How check old is his records months? well when we picked him up he told me 14 but then
0: okay
1: when i tried to clarify half. his age yeah so he's about a year and a half and he's um he's just a big baby and like he kisses luke he nuzzles into luke's head he loves scratches behind the ear down Lesbian his back brushed. We brush him, we bring a flannel and we wash his face, you know, make sure he's got no eye crust. <laughs> I think a lot of the other
0: cows and horses that are there kind of like look at him and just think, what You're... the hell are these people yeah. doing? No one's ever done this for us. Yeah,
1: Kevin, you weirdo. Yeah, we try and
0: be nice to all the yeah. other ones as well, but like most of the food we bring down, we try and spoil Kevin as much as we can. Yeah. If the, the horses tend to take a lot of his carrots. Yeah. But, um, it's just been such a great feeling just to see him really settle in and
1: um i think you know we'd we'd do anything for him now and it's awkward because we're building a house in the suburbs and we just think oh we should really just just get a property
0: (laughs) but right now i think uh for us we'll probably stick with the suburbs (laughs) and then maybe in a few years we're gonna have to look at getting Mm -hmm. our own property because driving you know, over 100 kilometres every weekend just to see him for... Well, sometimes it's only half an hour because if he comes up for a bit... And, you know, he's up free to he's do his what he own wants. guy. He sometimes might... he'll come and eat the food and be like, yeah, see ya." And see see other, other times he wants to hang out for an hour.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, he's on 60 acres. He's got his own creek, his own dam and a forest and his mates and you know couldn't couldn't be happier for him but there's still that feeling of like well I want to see him every day and probably that's more for me than him like he's fine um but it would be nice to like tuck him in a bed every night yeah (laughs) like
0: when we were up we were up there today and it's like it's it's sort of a fair way down like a kind of a peninsula so it's like got sort of a ocean on both sides and um it's uh Great, great view. It's got a beautiful view, mm. but um, it's quite cold there because it's high.
1: Yeah, and so that's the other thing. Today
0: we um we saw the front coming over the hill, and it was like hail, <laughs> and it hurt us. And I, thought, and I was kind of felt bad for them because like we can go and hide and get in the car, but they kind of have to stand under a tree. But I just kind of think, well i mean he's covered in fur um <laughs> yeah he's pretty happy that he's not dead
1: yeah i think he knows he's got right a here. full belly you know i read about brahmins as well because that's the other thing i was worried about is we moved him so he obviously came from the nt where it's you know hot and humid and then we move he, he was in kapunda and then which is dry and hot and then but we moved him in you know mild temperatures Cause it was only a few months ago but then we moved him south where it's like clearly a few degrees colder and and I felt really bad about that and he wasn't putting on weight and stuff but um reading up on it brahmins are actually the most adaptable breed to temperatures so you can keep them in the desert or you can keep them in the snow and they grow an additional down under their actual fur so when we were patting him today he felt so warm he did
0: felt so warm. but
1: we were freezing like our hands were freezing
0: yeah he wasn't too fazed by it
1: yeah so i think it was like you know perfect result for him so he's starting to yeah get a bit chubbier now which is good
0: Well, yeah, so that's, I guess, our uh, kind of nice part of the podcast, talking about Kevin. Um, There's going to be other rescues. Um, uh, There are a few other ones that we uh, might be able to talk about on another um, future episode. Um, We pretty much covered everything we wanted to talk about tonight, I think. Uh, unless there's anything else that you wanted to no, discuss or I mean, the, anything you've missed, it has been a while. So yeah, so much stuff's happened that it's know, kind of hard, uh, to, hard to remember everything. You kind of write things down, and then the notes go uh, missing. And
1: yeah. Oh, we moved house as well. Um, we're, well, I guess where another big thing is, we're getting ready for our third trip to Villa Kitty. That, that's Bali? what I wanted
0: to talk about Villa yeah. Kitty yeah just quickly let's do it talk about All that All right
1: oh actually yeah I'll talk about what we're doing there so Villa Kitty Bali is Have We talked in... about this on the podcast before Yeah okay. surely yeah Villa yeah. Kitty the cat
0: sanctuary in Bali
1: It's not a sanctuary Luke a sanctuary it's not the a cat sanctuary rescue, it's a rescue sh- rescue and shelter Shelter <laughs>
0: in Bali run by Australian vegan lady
1: Yes who is awesome she is our inspiration and our mentor and our you know
0: She feels like a part of our family yeah I think
1: yeah and um, anyway so we're always constantly thinking about what we can do to help them because um, they're always at capacity um, and always taking on more kittens and more cats and more dogs as they get more popular which or they just dump there yeah or they dump there yeah which is, which is great so they're getting more popular which is wonderful and more people are being responsible tourists and um, you know helping to rescue animals but one thing that doesn't increase, I guess, is the funding because they rely completely on donations and also the staff. So she has, I think, like 25-plus staff and they're, they're absolutely wonderful, but they used to be able to um, have their job and then on the weekends and also during the week do an um, education and outreach mm-hmm. program, um, but they're not able to do that at the moment because Mount Agung, oh, I'm not going to say that uh-huh, that's right. the volcano um and the evacuation area that ensued after that um has meant that they've just been over capacity and stretched to their limits so um and
0: some of their funding sort of dried up a little bit too. yeah
1: so so we need to um yeah think about ways we can help them they also need to expand they need a renovation of their hospital area because the biggest biggest issue and and the killer, for the, the kittens in Bali is uh, a virus, or multiple viruses, but a main one called panlucopenia, um, which which just, they have no, um, no chance once they've got it, pretty much. Um, so they need to get through their three vaccinations. Um, so that's the most important period because what happens in Bali is uh, there's no understanding or, or um, community, um, support to desex animals and if you talk to locals they think oh no it's it that's not natural like why would we do that to an animal so they don't understand um and then when they're you know cats can have babies as young as four months when they're four months old i think um four or six and then they can have the gestation period is so short that they can have multiple litters in a year so um It's a a huge problem, and what happens is locals throw the kittens out in the rivers, in the garbage cans, in the rice fields. um, Put them
0: into plastic bags. Plastic
1: bags. If they're lucky, they might chuck them in a box at Villa Kitty. Um, So, uh, yeah, them being away from their mothers... And then this virus is just um, what a Villa, lot of cats yeah, die. Unfortunately, what, what Villa Kitty faces every day. So we are we're constantly fundraising for them. Um, and last year, I think we started since last year um, at the vegan festival. All our proceeds went to them. And then this year again, we'll be at the vegan festival with new merchandise and all of the old faves. Um, and 100 percent of that will be going to Villa Kitty to help them with either you know the Day to day costs, increasing staff, or towards renovations. But we are running the first ever Villa Kitty quiz night. <laughs> so,
0: and quiz to, nights are fun if you've never been to a quiz yeah, night show because they're, go, so cause they're awesome, fun. especially when they're, they're, they're when full of uh, uh, vegans. vegans, vegan yeah, food.
1: a big, t- yeah. So, and this is an all vegan event. So, we did a quiz night for Paws and Claws about what three weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um and that was amazing. We we were we had to turn people away. Like we were at capacity of one thirty and I think in the end we had almost one fifty. So many
0: amazing prizes. It was a really yeah, fun night. It, it we so tried our best to make it vegan because we weren't officially allowed to say it was vegan, but we basically sneakily told everyone <laughs> it was vegan. Some, <laughs> but people, some people bought me not here, so we were kind of pissed. Um off.
1: but yeah, we have full control over the Villa Kitty quiz night. Um so it's gonna be on November Saturday, November the seventeenth at the Goodwood community centre um, and it'll be run by the vegan alliance for Villa Kitty so it's an all vegan event and it's BYO so I think a lot of quiz nights they don't let you BYO but we want people to just be able to bring everything themselves alcohol included um, and then yeah we have got 300, 300 seats available so it's going to be a big fun hilarious animal you know
0: so we're going to make it really night. fun it's going to be a great night so if you are in Adelaide or you're coming over to Adelaide around that time please come pencil it great. in
1: your diaries
0: um I guess also um since the last time we did a podcast which was last year we've been back to Villa Kitty yeah so this is it and we're about to go back again, again. to Villa yeah. Kitty so our third trip back yeah to so Kitty. and
1: that's the other thing is I was thinking of posting on our Facebook in a couple of weeks so we're leaving on October 15th but um we're going to purchase we took 50 kilos worth of donations last time but I think we're going to purchase an extra suitcase so we can take more um so if anybody wants to know what they can contribute and what Villa Kitty need and you're in SA or if you're interstate and you want to send it to us um that would be amazing but if you're in SA we'll pick it up from you um so yeah they they can't get stuff over there there's no pet shops there's no Kmart there's no you know pet stock um so whether that, you yeah. want to
0: give us actual product or you want to give funding for it um
1: we'll buy the we'll buy medication the yeah um, there's
0: obviously some medication there that's quite expensive yeah um uh, for the for the panlecopenia virus no
1: not for that it's for not the for worming.
0: that oh for the worming okay Aww. there we go all right you,
1: you half listen sorry
0: i half, I half pay attention <laughs> but anyway no anyway, we need to buy to make them feel good and healthy <laughs>
1: uh so yeah a few things going on that we'll post about so please stay tuned and thanks for listening
0: thanks very much for listening uh it was nice to do another episode we're at about just over an hour so that's about as long as i like to keep the episode Mm. so we might wrap it up and uh let's hope that the next episode isn't um 10 months away it won't be we'll make it we'll make it a lot sooner so thanks everyone for listening um thanks for being vegan Uh, Thanks for thinking about being vegan if you're not vegan. um, And we will see you next time.